Everybody say do-over. Well, hey, I just want to share with you, it's the, the last week of Pray First, and, and share with you a story that I believe really just sort of emulates and, and really talks about Pray First, <coughs> that there was a woman who was at work, and she received a telephone call that, that her daughter was, was not feeling well, and, and that she needed to take care of her, so she she ran home, and, uh, or she ran to the pharmacy to get some medicine that she should have filled earlier, but she didn't fill. And, and as she was in the pharmacy and came out of the pharmacy, she locked her keys in her car, and she called the babysitter and said, hey, I locked my keys in the car, I'm running a little bit late. And the babysitter, listen, man, your daughter's getting sicker and sicker. And all of a sudden, the, the mom is a typical mom, but she'd been coming to pray first. Everybody say pray first. So instead of worrying, she thought, you know what, instead of worrying, I'm going to pray. And so she prayed, and, and in a few minutes after she prayed, she said, God, I can't get into my, my keys in my car. My husband's out of town. I don't know what to do. And, um, and so in a few minutes later, this old beat-up pickup truck pulled up and, and stepped out an old, greasy-looking, gruffy guy, skull cap, tattoos, everything. And, and she looked at him, and she said, she said, oh, God, this is who you sent me to help me with my car? And... And uh, so she said, sir, she said, sir, I locked my keys in my car. My daughter's sick. I need to get this medicine and get home. And he said, no problem. He said, I can help you. And she goes, well, I've been trying for 10, 15 minutes, and I prayed, and, and God sent you. And so she went over there. He went over there, and in about a minute, he had the car unlocked. And, and, and she goes, oh, sir, thank you for doing that. You're such a, a nice man. He goes, ma'am, I am not a nice man. He said, I just got out of prison a little while ago. He says, I was in for car theft, and, and I just showed up right here. And she just fell to her knees and said, thank you, God, for sending a professional. And uh, everybody say do-over. So the question is, from that, that, that joke, is your attitude towards the future Characterized, characterized by fear or by hope? Is your attitude towards your future, your destiny, your purpose, is it characterized by fear or hope? Because let's be real, if LeBron James was the captain of your high school basketball team, your concerns about winning would be pretty minimal, amen? And if Steven Spielberg was directing a film that you were in or producing a play, you'd be pretty sure that you had a box office hit. And if Jimmy Johnson was driving you to school instead of your mom or dad, you'd be pretty sure that you wouldn't be late to school. Amen. So the key is if with God really leading your life and you really trusting fully in God, then I'd be pretty sure that you're going to get where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, and you'll recognize the victory that is in your life. And I simply want to remind you, this is key, a pastoral moment here. I've got two pastoral moments in this message, but this is a pastoral moment that you need to understand. While God is not always on our schedule, he's always on time. You need to grab that. While God is not always on our schedule, he is on time. And, and hopefully next week or the next two weeks, I'll be able to share with you some incredible, exciting announcements. But I don't want to get it out until I know for, for sure 100%. But the, question, the key is, even though God's not on our schedule, 
that he's always on time, that we can always trust him. It's why you can trust him. So every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's pray. Father, for the next 15 minutes, and Lord, (coughs) today is an incredible day of celebration as we have dedications, we have water baptisms, Father. That, Father, I can, I can see do-overs happening in people's lives when they finally, as the psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord is good. I can see a do-over really happening in people's lives when they, when they replace fear and pessimism with certainty and hope because of, of who you are in their lives. And, Father, they may not know the future, but they know the one who holds their future in the hand. And, Father, they may not know where they're going, but, but they know the one who holds the compass for their lives. And, and so, Lord, as we sit here today, let us ask ourselves, where, where do I, where does my family, where does my business, where does, does whoever, whatever situation, where do I need a do-over in my life? And, Father, I just ask your Holy Spirit to give us confidence to resolve the problems and the situations and the circumstances. And Father, we really learn to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so as I close this series down this week and next week, I'm, I'm going to look at uh, eight major areas that, that each of us need a do-over. My goal, depending on time, is to do three today and five next week. And we'll look at those next next two weeks, and, and then we'll culminate next Sunday night with Pastor Jerry. Jesse Kuros will be coming in from Journey Church at 6 o'clock to close out 21 days of prayer to, to get this fresh start. He's excited about coming in. But, but I want you to understand that, that Jesus will give you a do-over in hope, and Jesus will give you a do-over in whatever it is that's keeping you from living a life that is truly life, and life more abundantly, as John 10.10 says, that, that are you living that fulfilled life? Are you living excited? It's like the little guy that's been to church the last two weeks, Ryan, who was in a sledding accident yesterday, and they, were, they, they took him from, from this area. They, they life-flighted him to St. Louis Hospital, and, and we started praying for his, his brain. He had a skull fracture and brain bleeds and all this kind of stuff. A little six-year-old guy. I just met him for the first time last Sunday morning at 11 o'clock service. And uh, all of a sudden, somebody said, hey, can you pray? And, and I messaged his mom, Jessica, this morning, and she said, Ryan is up walking around, going to the bathroom, eating. He's ready to come home. And, 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 and they said, even though he has a skull fracture, it's optional if they want to treat it or not. And so she said, thank you for the prayers. And, you know, all of a sudden, it just like, man, gives you a do-over and believing that, that, man, God still does heal and God still does miracles in our life. And, and so the first area that we need a do-over or general aid areas is, Jesus, maybe I need a reset for my faith in 2022. Matthew chapter 8, verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. Now catch this. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. I guess we have to simply ask ourselves, what am I putting my faith and trust in? What am I putting my faith and and trust in? Because to finally put your faith in 
in something beyond yourself, beyond your talent, beyond your wit, beyond your creativity is a radical decision. And the hard truth is, let's be real, eventually everybody will let you down, including yourself, amen? I mean, we will, we will let ourselves down. And Jesus will never let us down. He really is king. He really is good. He really is trustworthy. He really works all things out for good. I don't know how he does it, even though not all things are good, that he works it out for our good and his glory. And when we come to him, and the greatest way that I can describe it is when we come to him with the innocence of a child. And I don't know about you, but I remember when I lived on, on North Alt Street, it was the, the last street there by the old Sonic, and it was the White House. And I remember that I would play Tarzan and, and I would strip down to my tidy whities and uh, I would put little washcloths in front to my underwear and my back for my loincloths and I had my little plastic knife and I would go up on the, about the fourth or fifth step and I would jump off and my dad would catch me every time. Come on, say amen. He never stepped out of the way and did it. But, but when he wasn't there and I jumped, I crashed and burned and but, you know, it's that innocence of, of doing that Superman jump off our bed. Convinced that our parents will catch us. And when we discover the attributes of Jesus firsthand, that Jesus will catch you every time. The key is, the caveat is this. Jesus will catch you every time when you jump out in faith. Not foolishness. Or presumption. Because see, it's natural to doubt when we put our faith in ourselves and experiencing a do over of faith replaces our self confidence, which is shaky at best, with a God confidence that is unshakable if based on the Word of God. It always amazes me. It always amazes me when. And I'm just being human here, so I'm going to open up my heart. It always amazes me when people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm behind on reading the Word of God. I'm behind on reading the one-year Bible, and I understand life happens and, and those things. But when they're saying, well, I'm behind a week or I'm behind 10 days, and I ask why. I ask why, but I don't want an answer because I already know the answer is because you haven't put it first. You haven't taken 15 to 30 minutes a day to say, God, no matter what in my life, I'm going to put it first. And what I've learned is you've got to put the word of God first every day. Now, let me tell you, if you work a job and you're reading the one-year Bible and you're coming to pray first, well, you know, and if you're reading it from 12 to 1, then make sure that habit is sustainable once you don't have pray first anymore. Because what happens is when we hit times in our life where maybe we're in quarantine or we hit times in our life where life is slow, we develop these habits, but we don't develop sustainable habits because we do it in our free time. And simply put, the, what I had to come to the reality of myself that, that, that I don't read, I actually am about two days ahead in the one-year Bible. That way, in case I hit a day, it runs. But, but, but I simply said, Vic, I got to be, no more excuses. I got to be real with myself. Because the only time that I get behind it when I said, you know what, I haven't taken the time to do it. That I've allowed everything else to control my schedule but me. And what's sad is some of you wonder, does God speak to me? Why hasn't God speak to me? 
Does God speak to me? All I can tell you for sure is he speaks to you through his word. Everybody say do over. But the bigger question is are you listening by reading? Most everything that God speaks to me is I read it. And then I read it by listening. By listening, I'm simply reading his word and then the Holy Spirit begins to unveil those things to me. And one of the greatest ways to listen to God's voice is to read his word. And when you read his word, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then it gives you a do-over. Everybody say do-over. It gives you a do-over in your faith. Some of you have this feeling stirring deep inside you that you wonder if this following this thing for Jesus is really for you. You've been asking yourself, is this thing really for me? Is this thing following Jesus? And let me tell you, it is. It's the Lord Jesus saying, this is for you. This is exactly for you. This is the hope, the potential, the new beginning with your name on it that I have for your life. And all you got to do is come and receive it. You got to believe it. You've got to accept it. When we do these water baptisms at 9 and 11, that's simply what people are saying. They're publicly saying, yeah, man, Jesus was for me. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you that, that Jesus is for you. It's vertical. I'm not going to ask you to do anything, say anything, except pray a prayer. But when you're ready to go public with your faith, then do that water baptism. Because when you trust Jesus to lead you from where you are to where you are supposed to be going, it's absolutely amazing. And God will give you a do over in your faith to bring you to that childlike faith that he can do anything through your life and let me tell you when you have that do-over everybody say do-over and you really trust Jesus and you have a do-over in your faith and no matter what it is man you pray first it's word first it's faith first before anything else then buckle up because things in your life are about to go from good to great the second thing that maybe you need to do over in is Jesus reset my plans. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 13. <coughs> for I know the plans I have for you. Psalm 139, <coughs> we just did a child dedication. Jesus said, before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah said that. And then Psalm says, I predestined your days. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and catch what they are. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. And catch here, how do you get that? Verse 12, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. How many times have we given up God's plans to pursue our plans? And how many times have we been rejected by people because we were willing to give up God's plans to pursue people? And yet, as Christians, we do all the right stuff. We pray, we read the Bible, we serve. And yet, we'll sacrifice anything for that other person, including a call from God. We'll do anything to be in a relationship with that person. 
We'll do anything to get promoted within the company. We'll do anything to do a starting player. I'll give up anything. I'll do anything. I'll get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'll do 44 practices. I'll read 18 books on how to be an entrepreneur, dot, dot, dot. But yet, how much do we really give up to seek God? Dot, dot, dot. Everybody say do over. Because see, what I've noticed when I really get into all in this thing, the more I try to give up on what God is asking me to do, then the more he closes the door on those relationships, those interests, those focuses, those attentions. And here's the second pastoral moment. The people, places, and things that I had to be pulled apart from, he had to pull me. I love selling. I really do. I love selling. But he told me to lay it down. Because see, I would trust in those selling skills versus trusting completely in Jesus. And it's not easy, but looking back, I know it was for my good. And while it may not be obvious at the time, God really does have a plan for our lives. Amen? And those plans are, are good and a future and a hope. He has dreams for your life that eclipse the dreams for yourself. And you'll never see those dreams turn into reality unless you're willing to surrender to him. Well, how do I come to him? You come to him with a tenderized heart. You come to him with an attitude of, of, of God, let me see what you see. And you come to an attitude that, God, I trust you where I need to go, even though I really don't know where I'm going. And even if that path is uncomfortable and unfamiliar and out of my control, Lord, I'm going to trust in you because your ways are higher than my ways. Psalm 59, 55, verse 8 and 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Everybody say, do over. You're allowing to get God a do-over for the plans of your life. And when we say that, God, you better be right. Guess what? He's right every time. Just ask the Holy Spirit to give you a do-over in your plans. On the 20th of February, tickets will be on sale. And, and the tickets are $10 per couple. If you are engaged with a date or married, because we have limited seating, Daryl and Tracy Strawberry will be here for a couple of hours speaking to you about marriage. And the only cost is $10. And the reason we're doing $10 is because we're buying wedding cakes, small cakes. And I don't want to be out the expense. Come on, amen. So if you don't show I mean, I'll eat your cupcake. But, but, but I'm not going to invest $10 in two cupcakes. And then you no-show because then we have a lot of cupcakes. That's it. Otherwise, the church is covering all the other expenses. We have a, a marriage bag that we're going to bless you. we got incredible door prizes. But the tickets are going to be on sale, in-house only, limited number, for those who are married, those who are engaged, with a date. On the 20th of February, the tickets go on sale the first two Sundays before while supplies last. But you know what? You can invest in your marriage, or you can say, you know what? You can meet with me or Brad in counseling afterwards because you chose not to be preventative. Come on, say amen. 
See, most of us are rehabilitative versus preventative. And the last thing, Lord, Jesus, reset my self-image. Reset my self-image. The Christian artist Lecrae wrote this, and, and I've, I've chewed on it, and I continue to chew on it. But it says, if you live by people's acceptance, you will die by their rejection. If you live by people's acceptance, you will die by their rejection. And I believe that's the heart of a self-image do-over. Because it helps us define our worth. The question is, is my worth according to the fleeting opinions of others? Or is my worth according to never wavering love of God? Everybody say, I matter. That's our theme for 2022. You've seen the billboards, the t-shirts. If, if you ordered t-shirts or hoodies, see us after service, go to the office. They have them in and you can pick them up. But it's you matter. I matter. That's what our theme for our marriage thing is. Your marriage matters. But listen to John chapter 3 verse 16. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that you believe, if you who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus loves you. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Why does Jesus love me? John three seventeen. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Your self-image can be a do-over by replacing your confidence in what you're to do. Instead of placing your confidence in what the world offers, place your confidence in what Jesus has already done for you. And when you learn to decide to live your life from a place of victory instead of a place of striving, then you become the best version of you that you can ever be. No longer do you have to strive for love because in Jesus, you're already loved. And no longer do you have to strive for acceptance because you're already embraced by Jesus. And no longer do you have to strive for recognition because in Christ Jesus, you are seen and noticed. And no longer do you have to strive for likes on social media because in Jesus, you're already in the in crowd. And when we quit striving, suddenly our self-image soars. And when we quit striving because we recognize that we're the righteousness of God in Christ... Our confidence is now found in heaven, and that self-confidence replaces self-harm. And so many people do self-harm so many different ways. We want to think about all the, the other ways, but there's a lot of ways. And instead of self-harming ourselves, we begin to nurture our lives through the Word of God because we have that confidence that is found in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, do-over. And when I really, truly get that and believe that, that my confidence in Christ, then Jesus comes along and he says, Vic, take on my sufficiency. Vic, take on my love. Vic, take on my grace. Vic, take on my acceptance. And when I do what I know, then I can live a life that is truly free and free to be life-giving to every person that I encounter, living a life that is fulfilled in my life and not frustrated in my life. Everybody say, do over. 
Every head bowed, every eye closed. Sierra, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to come on up. Somebody can help her up. So the question is, what about you? What about you? Are you ready for a do-over in Jesus? In other words, are you ready to give your heart, your life to Jesus? And what does that mean? What does it really, if you get down to the crux, if I can simplify it, you give him all your sins. You give him all your sins. And if you don't like it after you try it, you can have that old life and all the sins back. Well, really, you can't because God forgets them. Because really, let's be real. There's nothing to lose and everything to gain by surrendering your life to Christ. And that's why I'm encouraging you to do it now. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're tired of running, come to Jesus maybe for the very first time. Come to Jesus maybe for the hundredth time. And just say, Lord, I need a do-over. And he'll give it to you. If you're ready to say, Jesus, I'm exhausted from trying to find satisfaction on my own. And I'm ready to give you a try. Then, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for running. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for rebelling. For refusing to believe that I matter. And that you're real and that your grace is for me. And Jesus, today I'm ready to radically change and believe that you died on the cross for me. You rose on the grave on the third day and now you sit at the right hand of the Father interceding for me because I matter. So Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. And Holy Spirit, lead me to new relationships. Lead me to new habits, new affections and new involvements in anything and everything that will help me live a, hell, live a healthy and whole life. <clears throat> Lord, I surrender my life to you right now. In your name I pray, amen.